We'd like to welcome you back to our third part of our emergency freedom alerts for September 13th, 2022. And I'm going to continue along this line of the prions and the COVID kill shots causing basically mad cow disease in humans. Uh, the CJD disease first identified in Papua New Guinea as Kuru from the headhunters that ate other people's brains. That there's an insert for primes just like there's an HIV insert in the COVID kill shots. Um, because our benevolent satanic overlords love us so much. So we're going to explore this further. This is Jeff Rents, um, and they're going to be talking about this particular subject more here. We spent an hour here explaining all about the blood clots and that they're not made of blood. Right. We explained how they're made, why they're made, who's causing them to be made. They're made of proteins, which are misfolded and form little fibrils, which become bigger groups of little fibrils they, they self-assemble, they aggregate, and ultimately they become a what looks like a rubber band for a slingshot. They're white, kind of yellowy white, and there'll be blood stacked up at each end of it, obviously, because there was blood in that artery or vein before the heart stopped pumping. But they're not blood clots. We made that eminently clear in great detail. And we watch. When we do something like that, we watch. We watch very carefully to see who picks it up and who begins to run with it. You know who picked it up and ran with it? Virtually nobody that we saw. Nobody. Until today, when I got a, a story from the health ranger and a lot of pictures from uh, the embalmer Hirschman, showing these amyloid clots. And it's very interesting because most of the pictures show something that's obviously desiccated and oxidized. It's dried out, it's discolored, it's gray, it's dark, whatever. And then there's a picture of a little, what do you call it, a, a, I guess a vial, full of amyloid clots that are taken out of people's veins and arteries. And they're they're perfectly the same color we were used to seeing from Dr. Hirschman's work, and we commend him for that. But the point is, virtually nowhere in that story did the word amyloid appear with any regularity, frequency, or anything. These are amyloid clots from people who are being stricken with deadly amyloid doses, which causes everything from Alzheimer's and prion disease, CJD in the brain, etc., to any major organ being destroyed by amyloidosis. Understand, that's the story. What do we get? A bunch of alarmist pictures. We don't know what these things are. They're terrible. They're da 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 da. We know what they are, and those people do too. People putting stories out like that. And that was the first one today. They knew damn well. They listened to this program. They know what's going on. And I think we may have forced them into having to back into admitting it. 
We'll see. We'll see. And you people out there who spread this program around are, are to be uh, commended most highly for that because you're, you're part of the staff here. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I we have the, um, you know, the scientific research to support all, all of what we've been saying. Uh, and it's just a matter of time before they're going to have to address it. Uh, you know, this is... We know that there are amyloidogenic sequences in the spike protein, and particularly in the Wuhan, the first uh, strain of the virus that was circulating, and in the Delta one, not the Omicron, interestingly. Um, but that, that is, is what people big, are being injected with. Footnote. That's big. The Omicron didn't That's happen. big, that because was... if you remember, they told us uh, that they would be able to very quickly adjust the mRNA or the genetic code in the vaccines to adapt to any new strains. Well, they haven't done it. Uh, and, and you've got to wonder why. I mean, it's, these things have been out for two years now, and they claim that within an hour or so, they were able to come up with the mRNA coding for the original vaccine, and yet they can't adapt these vaccines to the latest variant. And you have to ask yourself why. Is it because they know that there's a prion domain in the, in the spike protein? Is it because they know there's seven identified amyloidogenic sequences in the spike protein that will cause your proteins to misfold? And don't forget that when a protein misfolds, it stays misfolded, and it goes on to misfold another protein and another it's a chain reaction. They don't all have to be misfolded by the sequences in the spike, the cleaved spike to be specific. They don't have to be. There's seven yeah, one, once the, sequences um, on the inside of that spike protein that any protein that comes near will be misfolded. It's like a machine, and it didn't get there accidentally. Right. So one of the things the, the, these gene transfection injections do is, is dysregulate your protein production. You, you're producing the, this foreign, very toxic protein at the expense of your proteins, and you're producing it in copious amounts and expecting your body to, to deal with it somehow. And I, it, it's a roll of the dice how many people can successfully deal with this, especially with repeated you know administrations of the mRNA or, or the adenovirus DNA, uh, which essentially does the same thing, cause your body to produce this toxic foreign protein, which is basically uh, acting as a, a seed for prions or misfolding, eh? amyloidosis. That is what... It's, a, uh, it's like a little, uh, a little machine. It's a, like a little prion machine, a little generator. You can see it as fine. Uh, that is the mechanism by which this whole thing starts. And technically, yep. now this may sound really ridiculous, but not, not to us. Technically, it is possible for one spike protein to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and start the wrong misfolding cascade and chain and avalanche in your body, and you're screwed. That's possible. It's not necessarily probable, but it's possible. And we know now that the spike protein can be spread through aerosols, right? Yes. So, 
Understand, when you're around other people who have been vaxxed, they're shedding. No question. And these yeah, things that, will that, hang around been, in the air. Yeah, That's been proven. It, it is released in exosomes. And exosomes can exit the body through a variety of, you know, skin, exhalations, secretions. Uh, and prions are uh, found in urine. That That is one of the ways that the CWD in deer and elk, moose, is, is spread. Go ahead and explain that life cycle of the the the, uh, the prion. Well, okay, so an it's animal very interesting. Becomes, yeah, go ahead. And, and this is this is now a plague uh, that that's spreading in North America um, among deer, elk, moose, cervids. So the animal becomes infected, um, and and then begins this process of generating more and more proteins, which are shed. Uh, through the skin, exhalations, urine, and any bodily secretions, uh, and horns, uh, and they end up in the environment. Um, and if it's on grass or vegetation that another one might eat, they another animal could be exposed that way and then go on to develop the infection. Um, and alternatively, and, and more frighteningly, these prions, because they're virtually indestructible, they can withstand extremes of weather and temperature. Um, they can be uptaken by a growing plant. And then when an animal eats that plant, they acquire the infectious protein and, and can go on to develop the disease, which is a form of spongiform encephalopathy. And they'll die. It's fatal. It's uniformly fatal. Okay. May I add on to that? Yes. You are living in a an area where there's a lot of agriculture, lots of deer, and you're in one of the 30-plus states that the deer have been proven to be stricken with CWD, mad deer disease. It's mad cow, but whatever. And so the deer happily go out and forage among the rows of crops, and they do what deer do, urinate, defecate, lick the leaves of some of them, eat other ones. In other words, they're depositing prions in the agricultural soil that these crops are growing in, and either these crops or the next crop rows will take the prions, pull them up into the leaves, let's say lettuce, just for fun, into the lettuce, and you get to eat that with prions. It's a possibility. Can I prove it? Have I done the lab work to show you? No, but we know the life cycle of a prion goes into the ground, into the grass, comes up in the grass and the shrubs, and it's eaten by the deer, and they get sick and they die. Same thing happens in the fields of crops, exactly. The deer go out there and they munch and they, they just leave prions behind if they're infected. And what's the most radical thing that any state has ever done to warn hunters and deer meat eaters? The most radical thing I've ever seen was one of the states said, well, we've got mad deer in the state, so it's probably a good idea if you see a deer staggering around and, and drooling, it's not a good idea to shoot and harvest that deer. That's all I've ever seen. Why? Because they're, they're protecting the hunting industry. 
here. And didn't they have uh, up in New Brunswick fairly recently a bunch of people? It was a people or animals that came down with CJD, and they didn't know what the source was. This was before, sometime early last year, before the injections were rolled out in earnest. Um, it, it was really a question mark where where these cases were stemming from. Perhaps it was deer, but I don't know. Nobody knows, or they claim they don't know. That's If you're a government worker, that's how you do it. But the spike protein, um, yeah, neurological issues um, are are dramatically increasing now in lockstep with the, well, both the virus to some extent, but certainly with the the vaccines. And the vaccines cause your body to make this toxic protein, toxic prion-generating protein. And remember, don't just think brain, okay? Think all your organs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, any, any sort of nervous tissue can is, is oh, it, it, often the culprit yeah. or, or the target, it loves, sorry. It loves nerves. Yes. Kind of scary out there, isn't it, dear friends? So what do you do? You, you shop your local farmer's markets and get to know your growers. There's a possible there. Hopefully you live in a state that doesn't have CWD issues yet. You do a simple search, CWD states, you'll have maps to look at. You can figure out if you're in one or you're not. But they really have this this whole, they, they've got this whole thing figured out. I'm not saying they planted it in deer, but I will say that the cattle feed that is commonly dumped out of a pickup truck out in a a pasture for cows to eat is made of ground-up brains of sheep, deer, roadkill, goats. It doesn't matter because it technically tests out as protein. So you want to give your cows protein, right? And the deer go out there and eat right with the cattle. So the deer eat with the cattle and they get it too. That's how CWD became prominent in the deer population in this country. They ate the mm. cattle feed. Yep. Now. Well, you can see where the scenario of the zombie apocalypse <laughs> has a, you know, probably a high probability of actually coming to fruition here shortly. <clears throat> because there's a lag time. You, you know, you, the, the neurodegeneration can take up to 10 years to happen. I, with some of these people seems to be happening rather quickly. Now, does that mean that they had a disease in process at the time they got the injection? Yeah, probably, but nobody knows. It's really difficult to get people to tune in on this because it's very unpleasant. And I understand that. We both do. And all we can do is, is offer it up. And it's, it's nice to know that, that our work, it, it, it's very hard work uh, that Eric does especially. 
I've got my own hard work, uh, but I we, we both work on this together, each program. And it's nice to know that people care and do share this material. You won't find it anywhere else. I'm not saying there's not one other person, a researcher or a scientist, uh, doing similar work. There are a couple, but they have maybe 100 people watching their sites. That's it. So we have a chance here. We've got ultimately millions that we'll reach. And uh, you people are, are critically important. You're part of the team. I, I think there's a tendency for people to think that if they didn't have any consequences in the days to weeks after the the injections, that everything's fine. And I, I can think of many, many people I know that, that have had three, maybe four injections by now, and on the surface they, they seem okay. They, at this point they're seeming, a lot of them are... I think not feeling entirely well, but but this whole process of neurodegeneration can take time before it manifests. You know, well, what we know of mad cow disease, that can be 10 years in the making. And yet with CJ, okay, CJD now in people, which is mad cow, as we've pointed out here, there was a, a very, very disconcerting test was it 65 people? I forget. 26. 20, 26. Go ahead and finish. Well, you're referring to the study that was published by Luc Montagnier? Yes, 11 days on the average, 11.5. Yeah, so, so they... That's the one I just cited in the last part of the last study. They tracked 26 people who uh, had the, well, the shot, either Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca. Uh, I don't know that J&J was included in that. Uh, but they had manifested symptoms, psychological or neurological symptoms, very soon after the vax, and for whatever reason they became part of this study, and they were confirmed to have CJD. And they were calling it a new form of CJD um, that... I guess that remains to be seen. This that paper, and again, we just talked about that the new form was much more aggressive than the normal form. Still in the process of being peer reviewed, so it's being refined or revised um, every couple of months after additional input. Uh, but that that's very alarming, and that the, the whole concept of neurodegeneration in these prion domains being present in the spike protein was first uh, mentioned by Bart Klassen in a paper he published in December of 2020. Yeah, 2020. And he warned about this probability. This is not something that you want to be injecting into people to have them creating the protein that's going to cause the uh, formation of misfolded proteins. Two two things. Okay, so uh, that goes on for quite a long time. A lot longer, but I, I think you've kind of gotten the uh, the gist on the whole prion thing. So we talked about how it basically gives you VADs, vaccine-induced AIDS. Now we talk about how mad cow disease is also uh, something that it also gives you. Um, <clears throat> and switching gears now, this is uh, kind of a semi-related subject, but... This is entitled, If Bit, This Tick Bite Could End Red Meat Consumption. 
And there are some people now that cannot eat red meat. Uh, so I want to go ahead and do a little section on this so that you are aware of this. Because I really wasn't aware that this is what it was causing. About a very important subject and believe at the end of this uh, you'll be scratching your head and asking uh, is this weird or not uh, by the way at the very end of this video I will actually because uh, I am live I will be going live on our sister channel and I'll actually be doing that from here uh, so from here we will all end up going over to Marfugal TV our sister channel on YouTube and then uh, we will bring you with uh, so just remember that at the very end of this, if you need to get to the other channel or the other show, make sure to go down to that show notes and then head over to, to the other show where we're going to talk about in-depth to everything and have a live call-in show. Again, tonight will be a, a live call-in at 224-400-MARF. All right, so first of all, I want to talk about a story that was uh, we, we actually credit uh, Chicago Wags, at Chicago Wags on Twitter, uh, and it, uh, essentially sent us this story about a, a very a very special kind of tick. Now, once you hear this, this uh, doesn't seem like something on the surface that would get a lot of attention, but I believe it should. It says, look out for tick known to cause red meat allergy in the DMV, health experts warn. And that is, of course, referring to D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. It says that there's a warning about a specific type of tick now showing up in our region. Health experts are issuing a warning to keep an eye out for ticks this spring as a certain type is popping up in the DMV uh, area and can cause people to develop to red meat <clears throat> is in D.C. And Fox 5 is talking to tick researcher Dr. Alex Cumble about what to know and what to look out for. It says there's lots of humidity out there. It's perfect for tick species uh, to do really what it needs to do to find people and bite them. It says, so it's uh, the correlation between this tick species and an allergy to red meat. It says this particular tick species, unlike any other tick species, has a sugar in its saliva called alpha gel. And uh, so when this tick species bites a person, your body elicits a response. It's an allergic reaction to the alpha-gal uh, sugar. And it says it forms antibodies, which will then ramp up your immune system and cause these allergic reactions. So I just want you to think about everything we've talked about with, of course, meat and where it is headed. Uh, we, of course, have talked about how they are telling us right now uh, that in by 2030, in fact, our president told us that, you know, by 2030, you may have limits. In fact, they, they want to get them to like uh, where we have eight ounces of red meat or uh, uh, what was it, hamburger or uh, eight, eight, eight ounces of 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 cow essentially uh by the 2030 would be like our monthly allotment so mm -hmm. say if you want to have like a big juicy hamburger or if you wanted to have a steak that would be like a once a month kind of thing it would be a very special occasion it would be something that you really wouldn't have as you know that many restaurants and even fast food are trying to put in uh the fake meat and then of course you have bg uh mr gates talking about the future of meat is actually not meat at all it's fake meat you also well then also the bugs I'm trying to get everybody to eat bugs um this just broke on uh on uh, infowars control the children a thousand australian schools have introduced bugs into their menu and I might play that next week, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's again, that's an ongoing thing. Getting this off red meat, I've reported on this a ton lately. I've reported on the spiritual implications of 
of um, not eating red meat and uh, regarding spiritual warfare, these types of things. I will cover that a little bit more today. But this is an absolute total satanic agenda. Uh, we've been covering the different AI advancements they've done, uh, including even, you know, growing animals, animal parts and things like this in a lab in an actual, uh, yeah. you know. Well, these, these are GMO weaponized ticks. Okay, just the same kind of ticks that cause Lyme disease. I believe that was Plum Island. Those were released there. And this is probably another derivation of GMO weaponized ticks that now will make uh, it so that you cannot eat red meat. And I already know, I have one listener that this has already happened to. I probably have several more, but um, this is real. And just one more way they're trying to take us out. Digital, uh, digital environment within an actual womb, all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, but really, the, the craziest part about this is, I, and I've never heard of something like this ever before, a tick bites you and just say that this tick ends up you know spreading or there ends up being more of them it bites you and actually makes you allergic to red meat uh wouldn't that kind of check a whole lot of boxes for everybody if, if nobody could eat red meat now uh as far as that goes and you know just take that with what you will i mean maybe that's uh the planet's way of of um you know evolving us into not using meat maybe it's a self uh, a self-defense mechanism why did this just all of a sudden pop up how did a tick just pop out of nowhere uh that would do this kind of thing and now the, again it is in uh, the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. So are we going to see this spread? Uh, but we also have talked about how farming and everything else regarding food is being affected. And like I said, every single day there has been something new. I mean, this has been just off the charts. As somebody who analyzes the different media and, and different news that comes out, it's almost, I, I mean, it, it's insane. We have a story like this almost every day. Uh, if it's not uh, food related. It's uh, essentially surrounding the food market and the food industry, everything that is happening. This is actually not affecting the food or the farms. It is affecting us. This would be a direct way uh, for a ton of people, if they ended up getting bit by this tick, to not eat red meat. So I, I think that it uh, may be more important than most people would look at this at first and they would say, oh, who cares? It's a tick. Uh, as you guys know, bug species can uh, spread like wildfire or if they uh, end up moving to other uh, other areas. And again, it's a tick. I would think uh, that uh, anywhere humid could have this thing. Uh, would that be a way uh, for you know the planet to get us to stop eating red meat? So I thought this was very interesting. The sources for this and Dr. Kumbi uh, and all of his uh, his. Uh, uh, studies and everything will be attached to this article over on Marfugal News. I thought okay, so um, I give you the link to that report. So going a little bit further, because um, I had a listener email me this, and my comment was, if bit by a tick at this point, and e even if it's without a subsequent bullseye rash, because I don't know if these ticks are different than the kind that give you Lyme, which give you a bullseye rash. I'm not sure, so even if you didn't have it, I would I would probably take the same precautions as I would take for Lyme disease. See below, I'll go over that a little bit. Also, regarding a good tick repellent, there are several natural ones listed here without DEET, which is just beyond horrible, that have 4.5 stars, but I have no idea which one is the best one. Um, this one does seem to have the highest rating. It's tick-wise, 
Three Moms Organics Easy Fine Mist Spray Bottle, Deep Free Pure Natural Essential Oils. Uh, I give you a link to that. Um, also regarding red meat consumption and why Satan would not want us consuming it, I covered this in the teachings below, and I give you my link to that, um, where it's the table of contents. is uh, This is from my 9-7 of 20. I also covered this very recently as well. Listener question regarding getting enough protein red meat um, in spiritual warfare. So I'll give you a link to that report. Uh, listener comment on this said, how wild they can weaponize a pest like these insects. Ticks, now GMO mosquitoes being released in several states. Another listener wrote, she said, okay, that's pure evil. I consider beef the best top of the line protein. I don't eat much because I don't need much, but I feel much better when most of the meat I eat is coming from beef and I have an organic farm that sells me beef in small packages, one pound or less in small quantities, it's very hard to find. On the subject of ticks, they are crazy. I do mean crazy here in Northwest Pennsylvania. I mean, spring is just now here and the tick bites started coming. Uh, now, granted, this is this is from May, but the tick bites just started coming into the ER as pouring into the ER. And she works as a lab, lab tech in an ER or in a hospital. Uh, this started in back in March when I it was still snowing every other day. That's yeah, because that's crazy. Because you want to associate ticks with you know being out in the snow. Last night I met a man who was a tick magnet. I mean, he has come into the ER six times for tick removal. The rash he had was the size of both my hands put together. Wow, and I'm assuming that's a bullseye rash, which is a telltale sign that you, if you don't do anything about it, you're going to get Lyme disease. He told me he wears repellent, tucks his pants in his socks wears clothing that covers them and he still finds them on them and he works with people who take no precautions and don't get one tick bite so that's something with physiology there if that's the case she said i don't worry much health wise but i absolutely do not want to be bitten by any ticks at this point in time the number of people i have met that i and i've never been bitten by a tick actually that i think about it i've never never had that never had one uh the number of people i've met that have had their lives ruined by tick bites is off the chart and we're not even talking about this one that we just talked about um we're talking more about just lyme disease the evil ones that plague us with their evil man-made diseases have thoroughly mastered the use of tick-borne vectors as a weapon against us another listener on that said in western north carolina now she this is where i live as well um and this is a long-time listener uh i know and um she says this is this has been going on for about five years in western north carolina i have a friend who knows people who have it and for myself i absolutely don't process red meat the same way i used to digest it meaning this whole thing about not being able to digest red meat she's saying this has been well known and it's like i said i've been man i've been i've been all these places to pray spiritual warfare up on mountains and all kind of places and a lot of times i haven't worn anything and i've never been bit by ticks so I, I there is a type of physiology that people must possess certain people must possess that they just don't get messed with by ticks and i'm not saying i couldn't be and i praise god i haven't been but i mean man she said only local grass farm grass-fed beef uh, and i still have issues but i eat it anyway um, I would say if you're having that, number one, I would start the meal with hydrozyme 
or Zypan by Standard Process. Hydrozymes Bibiotics, that's the one I carry. I used to carry Zypan, but I'm not with Standard Process anymore. And what that does is it is an acid-based digestive enzyme that will help you digest. Red meat's about the hardest thing to digest. And if you've got this allergy, it would be really good to do a one or two hydrozyme or one or two zypan at the start of the meal. I, I gotta believe that would help. Now, another thing you could do is for food allergies, um, Biotics makes one um, uh, histozyme. It's just straight histozyme, I believe. Let me just confirm that. That's the one I carry. Um, histoplex. Now, the histoplex AB is for environmental allergies. The histoplex, just straight histoplex, histoplex is for food allergies. And that's, I would probably do a combination of hydrozyme and histoplex at the start of a meal if you have any issues in these areas. Now, another thing is with women a lot of times in particular, um, they'll have a harder time digesting proteins and meat and red meat in particular. Taylor has a hard time with that. And... Um, in that case, a lot of times it's because they have lower hydrochloric acid production and you have to have hydrochloric acid to digest meat. In particular, protein, calcium, iron, zinc, uh, parasites also that you might get on a salad you wanna have a good hydrochloric acid production. You know, the height of kind of craziness is when they advocate Tums and Rolaids to create an alkaline gut. Your body doesn't, is not, your stomach is not made to operate with an alkaline gut, an alkaline stomach. It's made to, it's designed to operate at a pH of 1.5 to 2.5, which is, you know, very acidic. If you can't handle the good acids, it's typically a sign your stomach, your stomach lining is so thin it can't even handle good acids, and then you have to do things to build up the stomach lining. Anyway, that's one of the things you can do with clinical nutrition. But um, people with type O blood, tend to have better stomach acid. Women that have type A blood are probably the most prone to having low hydrochloric acid. And A, B, and B are behind that. O is typically you're going to have good stomach acid um, and be able to digest things without a whole lot of problem. Those are just some things I'm telling you off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, histoplex... And hydrozyme by Biotics would be a good one to take at the start of a meal if you have this allergy and you want to try to eat red meat. And the Histoplex might help you to be able to digest it a lot better over time because it's going to help your body to, to adapt to that, hopefully. Again, we're dealing with an unknown element here, though, with this whole GMO weaponized tick thing. Uh, she goes on to say in this report, um, also, I think I got cat scratch fever from ticks here around the same time. Rarely have the rash anymore. Borella seems to respond in five silver. Now I'm going to tell you what Borella is, and it's, it's Lyme disease. Okay, Borella seems to respond to in five silver. Now I'm going to I give you my newsletter on Lyme disease next. Uh, but the meat thing I believe is deeper and more genetic. Sinister and I believe has been going on for quite some time. Maybe that's in part what cattle mutilations were about to find the key to making us incompatible with this major protein. 
Now, I went ahead and I just posted most of my newsletter on Lyme disease and the in five miles silver protein. The I'll just read you the table of contents. Lyme disease discoverer William Bergdorf Ferry endorses the Invive Mild Silver Protein for Lyme disease. Um, he is the one that discovered Lyme disease. They named the, um, the Lyme spirochete after him. They named it Borrelia Bergdorferi after Dr. Bergdorfer, who, who endorses the Invive Mild Silver Protein for that. I give you my Mild Silver Protein guidelines for Lyme disease. We give you a clinical use of mild silver protein regarding Lyme disease. Uh, um, just a whole bunch of stuff in here. And what I wrote in here is I said, see below for my most current updated information protocol for Lyme disease. It is my opinion that if you did all three products listed below, you could greatly reduce the amount of Invive Silver that would need to be taken, which would save you a lot of money. Because the Lyme disease protocol with Invive is very aggressive. And a lot of people won't be able to afford it. So I'm trying to like get that cost down as much as I can. There's a product, uh, there's three products mentioned and I'm not going to get into all of them. One of them is the silver, one of them is copper, and one of them is a product called Bioseedon LSF. Um, but I'm not going to get into all the intricacies of all that i'm just going to kind of give you the information if you're interested you can look at the pdf for this date it would be 9 13 22 uh, at truth.com. and here's a picture of dr borgdor ferry here's my line protocol um, the website www.dr is in doctor hyphen symbol or dash symbol johnson j-o-h-n son.com or you can just go to contendingfortruth.com and there's a link to the mild silver protein on the right side um let's see here okay so i give you the information on copper i've also got a liquid copper that i just brought in i haven't really said much about it but it's probably the best copper i've got right now it's it's uh, like a um it's bioactive copper hydrosol. Four in one it helps joint bones, hair, skin, nails, cardiovascular, energy metabolism. And it's it's in it's very very integral in evidently in uh, dealing with Lyme as well as really in all my immune system protocols. You can have you can add the copper in. Okay, it's super important for that. Um, anyway, I've got that in I think eight ounce bottles and sixteen ounce bottles. It's a new product I just brought in. Uh, this a listener wrote me on August eighth, two thousand sixteen. David, he said I was previously suffering from Lyme disease until I purchased and took Invive's colloidal silver. I now have been symptom free for over a year, and I wanted to thank you for your advice you gave me through the email as I was taking it. And he goes on to say more. Um, and so that was a the thing there. Ticks that carry Lyme disease rapidly spreading across the USA. There's some reports there. Lyme disease facts. A government mistake. A government mistake now. It wasn't a government mistake. It was a absolute, total, um, uh, pre-planned thing, just like COVID was and all these others. And then there's other people that wrote in to Invive, the um, president of Invive, about 
the silver cured by Lyme disease, mild silver protein, the five mild silver protein. Um, there's several emails about that. Clinical use report of mild silver protein regarding the Lyme. Uh, let's see. More, more reports, more reports on this subject. And more information on the Bioseed and LSF that I also carry. And then that's it. So that's all I have for today. And uh, yeah, that's all we have for today. So God bless you and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio.